Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. I am Scott Reynolds from Pewter Report, and alongside me is Mark Cook. Mark, welcome to the show. I should have trademarked that opening. You know, like Michael Buffer has, let's get ready to rumble. And if anybody uses it, he gets paid literally a million dollars. I don't know why I didn't trademark that, because you and John have completely stolen that from me. Uh, So just let me go on record saying that that is mine. And okay. uh, and I may still yet trademark that. So anyway, but okay. anyway, but um, it it works. So that's fine. Even even Trevor would uh would, would use that. So I'll I have to also sue him as well. So Imitation everybody. Is, is the best form of flattery. So that's why we yeah. do it. Well, I mean, I was real creative with that opening. I'd spent a lot of time trying to come up with I that. Know. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can yeah. tell. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of a lot of time, Mark, these Bucks battle plans, right? They they take some time, don't they? fun though i i don't believe it or not i actually started working on mine on saturday i know that you were working on yours over the weekend as well yeah. and um you know they do take a lot of time and, and i'll be honest with you the last night about two o'clock in the morning i was like ready to be done with it but uh but they are really fun they do take a lot of time i actually spent a good part of the day on saturday well the first part of the morning anyway working on it and and, and planning some things out and i'm glad i did because to try and do it all in one day uh, right. is is very time consuming and it does take a lot of time and this year was a little bit easier because we didn't we didn't get so deep into the math of things because yeah. again that's just it's all speculation at that point i mean we know right. a lot about how nfl teams work um but we're no mike greenbergs right so right. you know we took a few not not liberties per se but we just kind of made it a little simpler and uh, and I'm glad that we did that because that did save a little bit of time. But it, but it's really fun. I really enjoy the mock draft part of it. I know that yeah. you and John obviously are more into the draft, uh, but I really enjoy the um, you know going through the players and trying to find needs and and, mm-hmm. and and studying specific guys and which which guy I liked. And I know we'll get all into that, but uh, first we need to talk about our uh, our good friends over at Celsius, of course. Well, you're right, and and I'm sure that. That uh, listen, if you're trying to pull an all all nighter like Mark did, yeah. there's only one one beverage of choice, right, my friend? It is, it's Celsius. That's that's all we're talking here. Is yeah. this right here? Because with Celsius, uh, all things are possible. Good. Mark Cook, uh, I've already had a Celsius today, but uh, I'm going to have this one tomorrow. This is the orange sickle. I had the orange today. It's my favorite flavor, but I'm going to mix it up. What, fl- what flavor? This is orange sickle. You Kinda say like, it like John. You say orange. Well, he says it a little bit more with that Pennsylvania orange? Uh, dialect. Oh, it's orange, orange? but uh, okay. orange. orange. Orange, yeah, but he says orange. So I'm, I'm going to have the orange sickle tomorrow. But that's and- what I like. I'm, a, I'm an orange guy, too. And, and listen, if you want to try orange or orange sickle, the best way to do that is to log on to PeterReport.com for all your Bucks free agency news. Click on those Celsius banners. They're going to take you to Amazon where you can subscribe and save or buy them in bulk and save a lot of money. And if you want to just try some different flavors without having to buy a whole case, well, you're going to spend a little bit more money. But the cool thing is you can get to pick and choose which can you want. Go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator and find the location nearest you. Run by your local convenience store or grocery store, health fitness store, and grab a can of Celsius and give it a try. Let us know which Celsius flavors you like best. Give them a shout at Celsius Official uh, when you retweet them on our Pew Report account. So they'd love to hear from you. And we appreciate all of the Buck fans out there that want to try Celsius, our partner Scott, here on the Pew Report podcast. Scott, Celsius sends me so much Celsius that I may just open up a Celsius store. I'll just, you, you know how people like have that. food trucks. I'll just have a little Celsius truck, drive around the neighborhood. And, yeah. and you know, like the ice cream man, I'll come up, you know, yeah. I'll play that music that you had playing. I'll play it in my truck and yeah. uh, just drive around through neighborhoods and, and sell Celsius out of the back of the truck. Yeah. I mean, you could be like a second level distributor. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. I like so, that. Uh, let's, let's take care of some business real quick uh, before we get into your Bucks battle plan. Franchise tag players. Let's, let's, uh, let's talk about 
about some of, of these. Field Yates from ESPN just came out with the list. Of course, we know Chris Godwin got the franchise tag today. We had that story on PeterReport.com. No surprise. We've been talking about it since the fall. It just makes too much sense, Mark. The move yeah. saved about $4 million because the franchise number is, is 16 and around 16. And he probably has a market value of 19 to 20 million per year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it wouldn't make sense franchising Shaq Barrett this year because his franchise number would be around 18 million. His cap, or I should say his market value is probably around 18, 19 million as it is. So you, you're not really saving a whole bunch by doing that. So the focus now turns to Shaq Barrett and trying to get that deal done. I think that becomes priority number one for the Bucks. They're going to back burner Chris Godwin right now and and try to work on a long-term extension later. But right now the focus is not letting Shaq Barrett hit free agency. And then also getting this, this uh, Tom Brady extension done. Here's a couple of other players that got franchised the fourth lock deadline. Uh, Justin Simmons, the, the Denver Broncos safety, Allen Robinson, the wide receiver, Cam Robinson, Leonard Williams, the, the Giants defensive tackle, Marcus May, Brandon Scherf, the offensive uh, lineman for the Washington football team, uh, t- Taylor Moten, the right tackle for Carolina. Uh, that's a big get because aside from their center, Mark, all four of their other offensive linemen in Carolina were set to hit free agency. Yeah. So at least they keep Moten. Somehow, some way, the New Orleans Saints uh, found some money to franchise tag to use the franchise tag on Marcus Williams, their safety. He's he's their best player in their secondary, I think, uh, and that's saying something because you look at at um, you know at at their their stud corner. Um, but I, I, the thing with with Williams is now all of a sudden the Saints are kind of back up to having to clear about sixty million dollars. So it's crazy. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Dak Prescott um, was given the franchise tag, I, I believe, as a placeholder. That's what uh, Field Yates from ESPN is reporting. And then once that deal is officially signed, that that'll be rescinded. So Shaq Barrett, Lions uh, wide receiver Kenny Galladay, uh, Jonu Smith, the, the tight end, Hunter Henry, the other tight end, Aaron Jones, the Packers running back. All of those big names are going to be hitting free agency. Yeah, unless the teams can find a way to to work out deals between now and and next, really next Wednesday when it officially kicks off at four o'clock, as far as in turn, as far as when uh, contracts can be made official. Uh, but we know that there's that uh, there's that window which takes a little luster off of free agency. I don't know if you were on the pod or if, if it was just me and John, but I, I was telling him about how you and I used to at four o'clock on whatever the day was. I mean, we divided up a list of agents and, and we would immediately start calling agents right at four o'clock. And I remember Drew Rosenhaus hanging up on me three times in a row. Uh, I can't even remember who his client was back then, but I was, I was trying to get information on it and he would answer. Um, and, uh, but then I would say who I was and immediately hang up on me. But, but we also sometimes got some scoop from agents at that time, but now with the, with the tampering, the legal tampering period, it kind of takes a little, that luster off and we kind of have an idea. It makes it a little easier for us in our job, but not quite as exciting. Um, but yeah, I I don't think there was any huge surprises as far as, as teams in the, in the players that they did franchise, all of them really make a lot of sense. Um, even with the Saints, but man, the Saints are, are going to have to get compliant real quick because um, they have to be com- compliant by next Wednesday at the start of free agency, right? As far as their salary cap goes, yeah, um, yeah, they, they, they've got to be salary cap compliant by Wednesday, next Wednesday, the seventeenth at four p.m. That's that's when they have to to do all of their extensions, and I think they're going to extend Marcus uh, or sorry, Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, the cornerback and Ryan Ramzik, the the right tackle. I think those are the, they have to do extensions there to free up some money, um, but they're just kicking the can down the road. But they're they're yeah. going to have to cut some players too. There's there's just too much money that they yeah. need, and and it's like again keeping Marcus Williams was was a smart play because he's I think their best player in the secondary. I think Lattimore is is right behind him, but Williams is a hell of a safety. But you just Add it to your problems if you're in New Orleans yeah. with, with that $11 million uh, franchise tag. So, so uh, we already have um, you know s- some comments here. I mean, cats obviously out of the bag. People have read your story. A lot of them uh, think Gerald McCoy in a one-year, one million dollar uh, contract is an upgrade from Nacho and McClendon. If we're unable to bring them back as as a depth piece, well, 
I don't think Gerald McCoy is going to play anywhere for a million dollars. It's going to be more than that. Uh, but the thing it's, is, he's, Scott, Scott, it's not going to be a lot more. And he said it in that interview. Yeah. We have the story up on PeterReport.com. Yeah. He said he's not looking for a big payday. He's looking to win and get a taste of the playoffs because he'll be going into his 11th season. And he's never done that. He said he told Mark Dominic and and I forgot the other guy's name. Bruce um, name slips me, but uh, they do a show together on NFL radio on Sirius XM. And he said, you know, my wife and I, we've done really well. We've saved a lot of money. The Buccaneers paid him a ton of money because you remember oh, yeah. when he was drafted, it was before the rookie wage scale. So right. he made a ton of money on that initial rookie deal. Then was re-signed, made all of that money and, um, and, and made decent money with the one year in Carolina and got a decent chunk of change to be with the Cowboys only for a brief period, took an injury settlement there. But, um, but I, I don't think it's going to be 1 million, but it's, I, I, it'll be less. I think he would come back to Tampa Bay easily in the $3 million range. I, I really think so. Yeah. And, and that's, that's about where you had him, right? For your, uh, for yeah, your I believe so. Yeah. The, the yeah I'll pull that up and look, I think it, I think it was around there. And, and I think, um, I think, I think that would be, you know, I, I think it would be a good move. And and I say that because let's remember, let's go back to that draft in, in 2010 when the Buccaneers were on the clock. And and really, they probably, and you know this a little bit more because I hadn't started full-time at that point, but you um, you probably know a little bit more. They probably were leaning more towards Indomitian and Sue. Uh, they knew one of those two guys oh, yes. was going to be their guy. So yeah, they liked to get Indomitian Sue. But, but, here's, but here's Gerald was a hell of a consolation prize, though. He was. He wasn't. The, the funny story, and I'm, I'm not sure if, if I've even told you this. Uh, so we had we had we had Pewter Report magazine back then, and we had our pre-draft issue with Indomica Sue on the cover. Okay, mm-hmm. and you know Sue was drafted second by Detroit. Tampa Bay drafted McCoy third overall, right behind him, and so the copies of that magazine go to one Buccaneer place and I get a call from Raheem Morris. Raheem Morris calls me and he's, he's pissed. He's pissed that, that I, I put McCoy or I'm sorry, I put Sue on the cover. He's like, Scott, you're killing me. What are you doing? What are you doing, man? Like we don't have a shot at getting Sue. Like we all want Sue, but, but Detroit's going to take him. Right. And I said, try trade up and get him. He's like, we can't like, they want him. They're not looking to trade. And, and so th- they're going to get Sue. And so what you're doing is you're, you're selling people something that's not going to happen. I'm like, I'm not selling them anything. I I'm telling the people right. that Sue was the better player. I mean, he was the big, the big 12 defensive player of the year that year. Not, not McCoy coming out. Um, right. You go back and look, look at the, at the big 12 championship game against, against Texas. I mean, I've never seen, Outside of maybe one of Warren Sapp's games, I've never seen a more dominant defensive performance in any college football game ever. I mean, that was the Indomica Sioux show. He destroyed, I think it was Colt McCoy was the quarterback, just destroyed him and and Texas. It was a one-man wrecking crew. And so I, I said, Raheem, my job is to report the news. You want Sue. Mark Dominic wants Sue. I said, the organization wants Sue. Right. But whether he's going to be there or not, that's really up to the Lions. But I'm doing my job. I'm sure. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to sell people on on McCoy when you guys have Sue ahead of him on the board. And he's like, I hear you, but Scott, like we're going to draft Gerald because Gerald's going to be there, and Sue's <laughs> not. So that's how the phone call went. But it, it was kind of funny to get that phone call, and Raheem was like a little peeved, and and uh, and I said, Well, listen, you tell me who you're drafting next year, okay? Yeah, and we'll and, put him on the cover. Yeah, yeah. So, because we did that the year before. I mean, we, right. we had Josh Freeman on the cover in 2009, and then ended up drafting Freeman. Uh, so, and then then we had Sue because that was the player they ultimately, you know, wanted. But, but, and uh, they ended but, up getting eventually. Granted, you know, it, it was nine years later, but they ended up with him. And and now here's the possibility of having both of those guys as rotational guys. And, right. and, and I say that think of, and this is, this is what I, I said, I, I may have wrote it. Uh, yeah, I did write it in my battle plan. Look, you've got Indomitian Sue with that incredible power and that strong bull rush and that attitude that he brings. And then you bring in Gerald McCoy, two different style players, right? They rush the passer completely different when you look at them on film. And, and that would be uh, major confusing and, 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 a, and a big headache in my opinion for 
offensive lineman, right? You, you, one yeah. series you're you're trying to figure out how to stop Adamic and Sue. The next series you've got the quick get off of, of Gerald McCoy, and it's just two different styles. I I think it would be great. Again, you got to flip a coin. Who's going to wear number ninety three at that point? Um, well, if that were to happen, wear number ninety three. <laughs> yeah, I get maybe they can switch jerseys. I mean, you know, if they're not on the field at the same time, I don't know how that works, but uh, but yeah, they would have to figure that out. But um, somebody somebody on Twitter said, let them battle it out in training camp for the jersey. The person who has the best training camp gets to wear 93, <laughs> the other one gets to steal Golson's number 92 or or right. or, or or 94. But um, you know, I I, I look, I, I don't know that it's going to happen. I, there may be too much water under the bridge, but something that was interesting in that interview, and you can listen, um, to uh, part of the interview on on you know in the story um and and i was i actually got the full audio um from series but they don't allow us to post the entire interview so i wasn't able to do that but i listened to the entire it was only like 11 minutes but he talked yeah. about that too he said look i'm i'm cool with the glazers i'm cool yeah. with jason light um and he said and i know a lot of people don't necessarily believe this but he said i if you think that I just went to the Carolina Panthers to spite the Buccaneers, then you don't know me as a person. That's just not the kind of person that I am. Um, I think we all kind of assume that when it happened in it, there may be something to that, but um, yeah. Gerald was adamant about that, but Gerald was adamant about that. You know, he doesn't, he has, to, he's still close with a lot of these players. He texted mm-hmm. them throughout the season after wins, certainly after the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. you know, and I think the locker room would, would, would welcome him back. I mean, Gerald was, was beloved. There were a few people that probably got tired of his act a little bit because Gerald was a character, right? Even as media members, we yes. knew Gerald was going to be, he'd love to be on camera. He'd love, oh, yeah. he tried to act like he did. And that was a funny thing. He tried to act like, all right, I guess, you know, it's my one day this week. I'll get on camera. And then right. he just yucked it up for 15 oh, minutes. Yeah. I mean, we would have to walk away because he would want to still talk. So yeah. uh, he'd love the attention. But anyway, I, I I just think it would be, I just think it would make this football team better. And if the, the question yeah. originally was, would he be an upgrade over Nacho and McClendon? I say, yes, I absolutely yeah, think he it would. would be. There's no doubt about it. Uh, unless... Unless at the injury. Age 33, his body is yeah. just shot, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. he, he literally lasted one day out there in, in Cowboys training camp. Yeah. And uh, so, um, but yeah, I mean, th- there's there's a bit of a drama factor with Gerald, though, right? There just is. Sure. I mean, I've had some run-ins with Gerald, um, you know, uh, yeah. had a little bit of a love hate. He's hate blocked this on Pewter Report. I tried to tag him when I was uh, tweeting oh, about yeah. the story, and I've, he, we're, we're blocked. I had to. He hasn't blocked me, but he he yeah. you and you and you and him went round and round there towards yeah. the uh towards the end for sure. Yeah, so um it would be interesting. And and certainly uh, when he's healthy, his talent is better than that of McClendon uh and, and Nacho. Um, but I don't know that I don't know that, that, that that's gonna happen. I mean that, no, that I, would, I, I, I yeah, that, I don't know either. And, and again, let's would, remind people with these Buccaneer uh, battle plans. It's not yeah. what we think the Buccaneers are going to do. Yeah. We're playing it's, the part of Jason. It's right. what we want to do. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so let's run down um, your your free agent uh, uh, plans here. Uh, obviously, you know Godwin got the franchise tag. We all said that, and that's what happened because you know, right. we're Bucks. Uh, you have Shaq Barrett coming back, Levante David coming back, and Dominic Sue coming back. Rob Gronkowski, Ryan Suckup. Otherwise, you would have gotten fired if you didn't put Suckup in there. Of course, um, Blaine Gabbert. Um, and, and then a host of other familiar faces. Um, s- some of the guys that, that you didn't have coming back, let's talk about that real quick, and then we'll, we'll talk about Gerald uh, a bit more and then a couple of these other free agents that, that you have. Um, but, but the guys that, that you don't have coming back, and, and I, I kind of share your, your vision on this one here, is you let Leonard Fournette and Antonio Brown go, along with, with obviously like LaShawn McCoy, I think, is going to retire. Joe right. Hagan come back. Uh, Anthony Alclair, that was that was a bit interesting because you guys are bowling buddies. Uh, yeah, so little- no, I, I hope Anthony is not reading this and and Ryan Griffin <laughs> because I actually wrote that I wouldn't bring Ryan Griffin back necessarily, but I think the team will be forced to. And, and if I get yeah. if I'm general manager, I would be forced to as well. And you brought up a good point in your battle plan. With the fact that Brady is going to miss the OTAs and, and the mini camps as he recovers from injury, according to Bruce Arians, you just need arms, right? You need guys in there that can throw the football. Now, I also don't have him on my final fifty-three, Ryan Griffin. And right. again, I hope that Ryan and Anthony aren't uh, aren't reading my battle plans because they might not ever bowl with us again. But uh, and I love Anthony, and, and and I'm not necessarily opposed to him being in there. But 
you know, he 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 missed some time with injury last year yeah. with the toe, and then when he was back healthy again, he didn't dress. I mean, so you know, yeah. well, and you, it, and you know what, Mark, a crowded room because I've got Cam Bray coming back on a, on a yeah. reduced salary, and of course OJ Howard. So I mean, where does he fit in? This team, for whatever reason, right. tends to really like um, Tanner Hudson a lot. And uh, but anyway. you're right, and and I think the thing is 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 they found they could get away with dressing three tight ends. Yeah. And, and then you've got that extra tackle, right? That extra offensive tackle, Joe Haig, Josh Wells, just kind of sitting there on the sidelines, you know, right. waiting to see if either Wirfs or Donovan Smith gets injured. Um, and and for Haig, they used him as that extra blocking tight end. He's just a bigger guy, right? I mean, yeah. and, and, you know, uh, not, not knocking a player, but – but if you're dressing that extra tackle, put him to, to use, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. W- one thing I will say, though, is I think Anthony Alclair probably catches the touchdown pass that Joe Haig dropped, though, in the end zone. So Probably does. And he may he may catch the one that Tanner Hudson ran really kind of a bad route on that, that right. Brady missed him on in that corner route uh, in the Super Bowl as well. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe he makes that catch too, but yeah, he probably does catch the pass from right. uh, from Brady that that Haig. Uh, I don't want to say he dropped it, but it was good defensive play. Yeah. So so two biggies not coming back. Leonard Fournette, Antonio Brown. What you're thinking there, Mark? Um, I you know I I'm like you. You wrote that you're not opposed to it, uh, but I think he's just kind of probably with his performance down the stretch. And Ronald Jones was out with the pinky, and then the COVID situation and his um his performance in the playoffs. There's probably going to be a team that's going to pay him a little bit more than the Buccaneers want to. But I also knew when I was doing this that I was also going to draft a running back and also sign a free agent running back. So, um, you know, he kind of became expendable. Uh, I'm I'm one of those guys that I'm not a first round draft or running back kind of guy normally. Uh, but I think that towards the end of the first round, and certainly the Buccaneers picking 31st, it's essentially a second round pick if you want to look at it yeah. like that. Yeah. I wouldn't have taken Najee Harris in the first round. I mean, in the in the top 10 if the Buccaneers are drafting there. But being right. as it's the 32nd pick, maybe and even Mark, move back a couple of spots. But and, and listen, but, uh, listen, Buccaneer fans, we love you, but sometimes we we got to condition you. All right, right. Some, sometimes we we have to condition you because a couple years ago, Mark, we had we had Devin White. In, in January, right, yeah. right, right before the East West Shrine Bowl, in like that was our first mock in 2019. Yep. We had Devin White in there, and we heard a chorus of boos from Buccaneer sure. fans. You don't draft an off the ball linebacker that high, not with the top five pick. Okay, well he's a perfect fit for yeah. a Todd Bowles defense. He's faster than Levante David. He's right now splashier in terms of playmaking. Uh, than Levante David is. And, and we knew Quan Alexander was probably going to be gone. Yeah, we, we knew Quan wasn't going to come back. They love LSU linebackers. I mean, dating back to 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 Bruce Arians and Jason Light drafting Kevin Minter out there in Arizona in 2013. Yeah, yeah. Then they brought Minter to Tampa, right? Then you, you Kendall you, Beckworth. Beckworth. Quan. So you start connecting the dots. And, I mean, gosh, Mark, we had Devin White in yeah. – in four out of the five mocks, we we just changed it up to, to Josh Allen from Kentucky in number right. two, just to present a different option, right? Then we went back to White for the next two. Yeah. By the way, by that time, everybody was was like loving the idea or welcoming mm-hmm. the idea. Then it happens, right? I'm not saying that the Bucks are going to draft a running back at number 32, but for God's sake, people, don't rule it out. Hear no. what we're saying. Right. We have some insight. Into yeah. what's going on, okay? Yeah. Ronald Jones probably is not going to get paid. This will probably be Ronald Jones's last year in Tampa. Exactly. That means and Keyshawn Vaughn is the only back on this team in twenty twenty two. They've got to have one. They've got to have a couple. And and okay, they can sign James White as both you and I had in a, in our in our battle plans. But but that's what I was going to kind of say. You know, I'm I'm not a guy that wants to draft a running back in the top fifteen. But if you're drafting me at the end of the first, early in the second round, and and you get those four years out of him, then you draft another one, and you don't ever right. pay him. You don't want to get into a Le'Veon right. Bell situation. You don't want to get into, um, oh, I'm sorry, the kid from San Diego slash Los Angeles, the Chargers, the uh, yeah, the, Melvin the running back. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to get into those situations with running backs because it doesn't. Again, this isn't the the day and age of the Emmett Smiths and the and the, and the James right. Wilders, where you know you want a workhorse guy that's going to have 350 touches a year. It just doesn't yeah. happen. So the value isn't there. You just and, and they do. They they take a lot of even with the less yeah. carries that they get these days. So, um, you know, you know, Mark, the, 
he, even for like an elite running back like Ezekiel Elliott, once he got paid, he hasn't been the same player. I agree. Right? He has not been the same player in Dallas. I and agree. I think a big mistake from a cap standpoint. How about how about Christian McCaffrey? Now, again, it's, yeah. it wasn't talent last year. It wasn't talent drop-off. But he played in three games last year. Three yeah. as the highest-paid running back. Now, yeah. I, I if you're the Saints, it, it was kind of like what Jason Light kind of had to do with Doug Martin, right? Guys coming off big year, uh, one of your best players, entering free agency. He, you know, he would have got roasted if he would have let Doug Martin walk. In hindsight, sure. he probably should have, certainly. Yes. But he would have got absolutely blasted by the fans and the media, too. But, and so the knew. Saints – go ahead. Jason knew because that re-signing went, went to the 11th hour. He yeah. didn't want to do it. Right. But the problem is he just promoted Dirk Cutter from offensive coordinator to head coach. Yeah. And, and, and that was the year that Doug had 1,400 yards and was a pro bowler. And, and how are you going to start your new coaches – uh, tenure off in Tampa Bay. Oh, we're not going to re-sign the Pro Bowl running back that's a perfect fit for your offense, right? So and, he, and had to, he had to weigh yeah. that along with, with Doug Martin's personal problems that were known behind the scenes. And he did this, and he rolled the dice, and he got he got snake eyes. And yeah. and uh, is wait, snake eyes, is that good or bad? That's bad, right? I think, that's bad. I, think that, okay. I think that's bad. Well, he rolled the I, dice, and it was bad, whatever the analogy is. He crapped out. How about that? He we know that's bad. Out. There you go. Yes. I like it. And you know what, Mark? I think lesson learned, and I don't think he does it again. So if Ronald Jones rushes for 1,200 yards and makes a big leap, I I think but, they're drafting a running back this year and moving on. And, and Scott, and Scott, Najee Harris is a better running back right now than Ronald Jones is. And, and right. I say that because – He's not coming from a small school somewhere. Not that USC yeah. is small, certainly. Yeah. Uh, hold, but, on, but, hold, on, hold on. One second before you get to Najee. Hold on. Let's talk about James White. Okay. We're, we're yeah. up free. We're going to get right into your draft because I love yeah, where yeah, you're yeah. going. So yeah, James no. White, you, you and I are thinking along the same lines there. Great pass catching, mm-hmm. running back out of the backfield. But, but, folks, he is not a good runner. He is a third down back exclusively. Pass protection, catching the ball out of the backfield. He is not a Leonard Fournette type guy that can help carry this load with with Ronald Jones next year yeah no I agree and and again I think I think you know we we've seen the Tom Brady effect meaning guys that he wants he tends to and and Jason Light said Tom Brady had nothing to do with Leonard Fournette he didn't even know Leonard Fournette was signed until he walked into the building I don't know if that's true or not whatever we certainly know that he had an influence on Rob Gronkowski. We know he had an influence on Antonio Brown being here in Tampa Bay. And I think he certainly goes into Bruce's office and says, I need this guy. But it's yeah. not that, that they're going to – he's not going to have to convince Bruce Arians uh, right. that they need this guy. All you have to do is look at the running backs and their inability uh, to be three down backs or uh, a true third down back. And, right. um, and and you know, that that that's going to sell itself. The only question I think now is how much money – is James White going to command? And and because, like you say, he's not a great runner per se, um, I, I think that the, they can get him uh, fairly cheap. I think you and I were on the same page yep. even salary-wise with him. Yeah, I think three and a half. He played for four last year in New England, and and I think he probably takes a little bit of a pay cut to get out of that situation and come have some fun in Tampa Bay with Gronk and, and It's Brady. not a pay cut, Scott, because there's no state income tax in the state of Florida. He's actually going to no. make more money. More money by by signing for less of a salary. Mark Greenberg's going to call you and steal you away from Pewter Report and have you be the the lead negotiator when it comes to these deals, Mark. I love well, it. All he has to do is pull my transcripts from my high school math classes, and he'll change his mind real quick. <laughs> Although my dad is an accountant. He could should hire my dad. That would be good. There you go. So Jermaine no, my, Fetty. Yep. Uh, Jermaine yeah. Fetty, he, re- he replaces uh, Joe Haig in your world, and uh, – and uh, and provides uh, some versatility there, at, and, and uh, played more guard in the NFL than tackle. But yeah. he played tackle some, uh, certainly in college, and he can be a guy that can play tackle in a pinch. Again, he's a guy that that had all the talent in the world. Let's remember, he was a first round draft pick by the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, he was awful. We we beat up Donovan Smith for penalties. Uh, there was one year he led the NFL with sixteen penalties. Uh, yep. And he didn't even play a full 16 games that year, I believe. So, um, yep. you know, but at the same time, I mean, I think those things can be taught. We've seen yep. Donovan Smith cut down on those. We, we've Mark seen other guys cut down. Levante David re-signs with the Buccaneers. Yes. Two-year contract, $25 million. Wow. What a steal. Wow. That was That's a steal. That's a that's steal. steal. $12.5 wow. million. 
Wow. Levante David coming back to the Buccaneers. Ian Rappaport just reports it. Uh, two years, $25 million. They, that, that's huge. That's huge, Mark. Yes. Congrats. You you, yes. you were ringing the bell for that one. You yeah. Were ringing no, the bell. Wrote an entire column begging the Glazers. They read my column. Thank you very much. And um, and I think both you and I had him signing for a lot more money than that. Yes. Regions. And again, I'll go to the, my Plant City math. 25, right. 2, 12 is 24. 12 so 12 and a half. 12, 12 and, and a half. half. That's that's a hell of a deal. And it's only a two-year deal. That's kind of surprising. Yeah. I thought he would want at least three, maybe even yeah. uh, three with a uh, option for four. But anyway, that's surprised. terrific news. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Don't know this for a fact. I wouldn't be surprised if it's fully guaranteed. Two years, 25 yeah. million fully guaranteed. And, and, he, and uh, he's earned that. He's earned that. I, I think yeah. he's earned that. And yeah. and I, there's, he didn't show any sign of dropping off this year. We, we, we beat up John a little bit because we didn't see – quite the splash plays that we were used to with Levante David, but, 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 but that was Devin white that took over that role, you know, right. and, and was the focal point to make those splash plays in the offense. He didn't blitz as often as, uh, as, as, as Devin white did. And Devin ended up with nine sacks. So anyway, great news. Good job. Uh, Buccaneers are following our game in. plan. Tom Brady what? extensions in it's, it's going to be around uh 22 and a half million dollars for Tom Brady. Uh, that should get to, to uh, thirty million dollars when the actual numbers are released, so um, you know that, that that's what we're hearing. So, or wait, hold on. No, actually, forget those numbers. But I'm hearing that the Brady extension is in. So, um, wow! Look at us no, on the podcast. Not. Breaking news. This no, it's not. My apologies. I'm reading this wrong. So they're still working on the extension. So forget what I just said about Brady. Still working on the extension, but the Levante David deal is done. So that's that's exciting news. Levante's back. They're working on Shaq. They're still working on on the, the Brady extension. They're making some progress, though. That's good news. So yeah, we're hearing that. Um, Mark, you you said some something that was just music to my ears, um, and and that is Najee Harris because I've got a huge draft crush on Najee Harris. Yeah. But but you know I, I do have this other crush that I got to talk about okay and um, it, it's really it's about the Briar Greaves uh, insurance agency why because they're my insurance company of choice and I've had a lot of success with, with Briar Greaves Mark uh, you know this I've I've uh, I've switched to them they they've, they've been my insurance company of of record now what can you say about Briar Greaves insurance Mark. Well, Briar's been around for 30 years, Scott, and um, going on 31 years in business. I mean, you don't stay in business if you're not good, not that long. And uh, businesses open and close every year. But Briar Greaves has established himself in the Tampa Bay community with personal service. And Briar is my agent. I got you aboard with Briar Greaves. Uh, so two of the Pewter Report reporters have Briar Greaves. And we need more of our readers to become customers of Briar Greaves. The great thing about Briar is you know, it, there's not there's not any line of insurance. It, somebody listening out there needs something, whether it's renters, whether they own a business, whether it's their auto, whether it's life, um, you know, homeowners, you need some sort of insurance. And Briar Greaves is the people to do it. And, and Briar, I say personal service. Briar called me last year, just out of the blue, actually earlier. No, it was last year and uh, said, hey, let's do an update. Let's just take a look at your homeowner's policy. If we can save you some money, maybe increase some stuff, drop some stuff. And, and we spent some time doing that. And that's actually how we got on board talking about the Pewter Report podcast. But um, but anyway, I just like that personal service. I've had the big box companies, whether it's auto insurance or different types of insurance. You're just a policy number, Scott, but not with Briar Greaves. And uh, they do a yeah. terrific job. They're huge Buccaneer fans. The best part is give them a call. It's not going to cost you a penny. Just tell them yep. what you got. Send over your information or go give Sam or Briar a call. Let them know, you know, what type of coverage you have. Read off your limits off of your de declaration page and uh, give them a little bit of time. They'll call you back. They'll say, I can save you some money or they can. The, the great thing about Briar is he'll tell you, you know what? I'd love your business, but I can't beat it. Stay where you are. You're better off where you are. And that's the great thing about Briar. Uh, honest, upfront folks. And uh, big Buccaneer fans, big supporters of the Pewter Report podcast. So make sure to give them a call. BriarGreavesInsurance.com. You can find them online. You can also give them a call. I should have that number pulled up, but I'm always awful and forget. There you go. 4166-813-876-4166. BriarGreavesInsurance.com. So, Mark, speaking of insurance, 
we've got uh, some insurance at, at the running back position. You've got Najee Harris, one of the Buccaneers, at number 32. Yeah. I love the pick. I don't know if he's yeah. going to beat him. Yeah, I don't know I either. He's tremendous and, player. And I've seen, I've seen him as high as uh, going, I think, 16 to Arizona which I think is a really good fit for them. If They could really use him uh, to team up with Murray, and, and, and now they've got J.J. Watt on the defensive side of the ball. I think that makes them uh, a much better football team in a, in a really tough division, maybe the most competitive division in all of football. When you, you know look what? At, uh, I, I could see him reuniting with Tua in Miami. I could see him going to Pittsburgh. Yeah. He's got a smash-mouth Steelers-type running back. Right. But you know what, Scott? We say smash-mouth. He is. He's 230 pounds, and he will absolutely run you over. But what impresses me so much about Najee Harris is his ability to get wide on the perimeter and and, and outrun a cornerback for a first down. Again, he's not a 90-yard kind of guy, right? He's not going to take one to the house 90 yards. I mean, he could. Ronald yep. Jones did last year going 98 yards. But what I'm saying is um, what I, one of the great things I liked about him, and I hope people will take a look at the highlight video that I have in there because I think it will change some people's minds. The one thing that stood out to me about Najee Harris, and I watched a lot of Alabama games because they're always on TV, but I watched a lot of Alabama games. The good thing about Najee Harris, when it's third and three, he's going to get you five yards. He yes, fights, and he's very smart with his ability to run, and he really uses his blockers well. He's patient at times, but he can pound it too, but he can also bounce it to the outside, and he's very good as a receiver out of the backfield. I think he had 425 yards as a receiver, another four touchdowns, ended up with 30 touchdowns last year, um, I think 26 on the ground and another four through the air. Um you know, and, and he's he's you know, he's a senior, he's a mature guy, he's a leader, and he played for Nick Saban, who runs as close to an NFL program as you're gonna get. And I think he's I think he becomes yeah. the most versatile best back on this football team the second he walks into the football field. I agree. Um you you picked Joe Tryon in the second round. We had him in the Peter Report mock. Um it's interesting because I could see I could see him being uh there in in the second. And and I, I could I could also see, um, you know, him being picked earlier. It's interesting because yeah. you know he missed all of 2020 with right. COVID 19, and it was crazy out there in the Pac 12. I mean, they kind of stopped and then they started, you know. So, um, you know, it's 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 just nuts. Yeah, and and you know, again, when you look at him. He's really, you know, a lot of times when you have these one-year wonders, as you want to call them, guys that have these just monster blow-up years, um, you, you wonder, you know, how really polished are they? But for a guy who really only has great production one year, he's got a ton of moves, counter moves. Yeah, I mean, certainly the speed. And what I liked about him is he played on both sides of the ball. Uh, he can right. play on the left side. He can play on the right side. And we know that the Buccaneers like to use their defensive ends, or I mean, sorry, their outside linebackers to rush the passer and, and mm -hmm. exploit matchups uh, with offensive linemen. And so, um, you know, I really I really like his effort. I mean, he's strong, uh, but yeah. he's more of a speed edge type guy. And and, and I think uh, I think he's the perfect fit. JPP is not going to play past next year, most likely. Right. Um, so you've got to start thinking about the future. Yep. He, he is high motor, high energy. We're getting some more news right now. Um, Rick Stroud, our colleague, is reporting that Levante David, that he got, uh, it's a two-year, $25 million with $20 million guaranteed. So I was close that they didn't yeah. guarantee all of it, but it was close that that he's getting 20 of that. Um, but the interesting thing is the Bucks creatively added, this is Mike Greenberg extraordinaire here, folks. This is why we call him the, the salary cap wizard because the guy just creates magic. The Bucks creatively added three extra voidable years to Levante's uh, cap um, or to his contract, which is going to reduce his salary cap number to three point five million this year. Wow. Okay, so that's the crazy thing is is his his salary cap value this year for Levante is going to be three and a half million dollars. That's that's crazy. I mean, yeah. now so instead of him being on the books like he was last year for over 10 million or the average mark, which is 12 and a half, right? Instead of it being 12 and a half, which is what the value is that two right. year, $25 million deal. Now all of a sudden it's three and a half. So, yeah. so Greenberg essentially just created $9 million worth of cap space. So, and again, this really is why we didn't try and do that in our battle plans because yeah. 
you know, that's that's just you got to be Mike Greenberg to be You're able to do that. You're not on his level. We're no, we are just we admit it. We are not on Mike Greenberg's level. Yeah. And you know what? There's not many people in the NFL that really are. Yes. Maybe maybe nobody in front offices that that's as good as he is uh, yeah. with the salary cap. So that's that's great news. Levante right. David's back. I got some breaking news for you guys too. All right, Mike Greenberg isn't going anywhere. Okay, I, I've asked him so many times. You know, do you aspire to be a general manager? Do you, you know, do you, you want to go lead your own football team? You know, we saw John Robinson, who was right. Jason's right hand man, leave and, and go to Tennessee and, and do a good job in building the Titans into a playoff uh, caliber team. Greenberg, though, doesn't want to go anywhere. He loves Tampa. Yeah. yeah. He he loves working with Jason. He, you know, he loves building this team, and um, he loves being the cap guy. You know, it's like it's like sometimes. It's it's like, you know, you have people that that, uh, you know, that, that they want to run for president. Right. Other people just like I'd rather run a state. I'd rather be a governor than than run for president. Right. Yeah. Uh, like I, I'm, I've, I feel comfortable here. It's, it's almost like Bill Snyder uh, when he was building the Kansas State program. He turned down Michigan State. He turned down UCLA. He turned down LSU because he didn't want to go anywhere. He liked building his program there, you know, to the point where. The guy's got a statue name, you know, out front and a stadium named after him. Sometimes that's just how people are. I, I've had offers to go elsewhere to other places in, in my tenure, including a, a four-letter network, and I have uh, not pursued those because I love Peter Report, and I want to build this. This is kind of like, you know, my baby, just like it's, it's your baby, uh, Mark, and just like it's John's baby. We all take ownership of this, but – you know, 25, 26 years now, still going strong. So that's no, and, and I know what you're coming from because, I, in all honesty, I wouldn't want your job, right? I mean, I, I just wouldn't want all of that. I love my role, right? That's what I love doing and, and have for the last going on. This will be my 11th season. Um, you know, but, but I don't aspire to be the publisher of Pewter Report. Uh, that's just not, I, I just, I don't know that I, I wouldn't be a good fit personally. And, and I know what my limitations are, but what my passion is and, and I like what I do now. So I see exactly where so, you're coming from. Yeah, Greenberg great doesn't news. have those. Although, although Greenberg I will say this, Greenberg. Green, Green, Greenberg did tell me one time that there's one guy he would potentially listen to if this guy were to be a head coach again and i'll just leave it at that so anyway, okay. you probably know who i'm talking about but just <laughs> yes. because he he absolutely loves that guy yeah yep all right so let's let's finish with with your battle plan you go back to alabama for dylan moses uh, who is a guy that 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 i i wanted to love but i ended up just liking you know it's just one he, of those things he, where he did not have a great year last year. And, yes. and you know, he, he suffered an ACL in 2019. And, and I think it, it was re really early in the year. It was, he was really bad. He had a face to face that come to Jesus with meeting about halfway through the season with Nick Saban last year and played much better. But, um, yeah. but he, he, he was sometimes guys just don't have a hundred percent confidence when they come back from reconstructive knee surgery, particularly with, uh, with an ACL. So, um, I think the intangibles are there. I mean, the athleticism is there. Um, he, 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 he doesn't have the greatest instincts. Um, you know, but, but he's a baller. He's a football player. Yeah. He played at Alabama. And the thing about it is, is I had Levante David returning and they've got Devin white. I mean, they didn't need Dylan Moses to come in and be an impact starter, right? He's a guy that, that has potential that they could sit on the bench and he could learn and, and eventually maybe take over Levante David's role in a couple years. So yeah. uh, anyway, that's why I went with uh, Dylan Moses there. Yeah, you did what I did, which is find a center, find somebody that could be the heir apparent to, to Ryan Jensen, who's, yeah. who's really, I think, right now playing peak football. But, you know, he's 30 years old. He's going to be 31, you know, coming up within the next calendar year. And, and so why not get a guy that, that can be that solidifying presence? And also, too, right, um, you know, we saw Jensen have to move to left guard when Ali Marpet was out. A.Q. Shipley uh, filled in, you know, ably for, for a game uh, against the Rams, but then he got hurt on Monday night football, and, and, and he's no longer an option. He's on the coaching staff now. So Josh Myers, uh, you know, I, I think a solid fit, got – Got great credentials coming from Ohio State. They they've been known to produce in good offensive line, and they you just look at the running backs the last couple of years and the and the numbers that they've put up and and you know he came in and um, you know played well for them the last couple of years. Um, you know he's not a guy that he's not the most athletic guy, right? He's he would not be good in the old 
Washington football team scheme or the old Denver uh, Broncos scheme where they ask their offensive linemen to be nimble and quick on their feet and, and pull to the second level a lot. But but he's 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 like a guard and a center in the sense that he loves to play within that phone phone booth, they say. And, um, yeah. you know, he's he's a tough guy. He's a smart guy. He's a leader. Um, and, and you need that. And, and I think he could learn it behind a guy like Ryan Jensen. Again, we're talking fourth round guys. Uh, right. You know, if, if, you, if you hit on 50 percent of those guys, you're doing a hell of a job as a GM. The numbers drop dramatically after the first round, which is only a 50 percent success rate. By the time you get down yeah. to the fourth round. But again, it's, it's a developmental player. Great news about this football team. When you win a Super Bowl, it means you don't have many holes So you can yeah. you can you can draft for, you know, looking with an eye towards the future. And, um, and and I think Myers kind of fits that role there. There's some other good stuff out there, but I just really liked, you know, his nastiness. And um, who was the running back they had two years ago? Uh, J.K. Dobbins. I mean, the guy had over 2,000 yeah. yards running yeah. behind him. And, um, and and they had a great running game again this year as well. So like Josh Myers a lot coming out of Ohio State, even though I hate Ohio State. Just throw that All right, Mark. No um, you know, we predicted this on yesterday's show. I didn't know about it until today. Uh-oh. John and I, John and I, we I think we put some cash on the, the fact that you would, without a doubt, have a seminal <laughs> in your mock draft. You know, and it wasn't just because he's a seminal. Again, we're talking later on in the draft. Right. Um, you're talking I'm, about I, state offensive line or outside linebacker, edge rusher, Janarius Robinson. Yeah, a guy that 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 was frustrating at times uh, as a Florida State fan, but I have to go back and look and and remember. You know, he had some really questionable coaching. First of all, I don't count this year. This year was a disaster in Tallahassee, not because of Mike Norvell, but just because of the COVID situation and, and the Seminoles didn't play many games and they were transitioning to a new defensive coordinator as well with a new head coach. So it was tough on him, but the Willie Taggart years were bad. Uh, the year and a half that Willie was there, but basically two seasons, just didn't get a lot of good coaching. But, you know, he had a hell of a senior bowl week. Now, we didn't get to go to the senior bowl, but right. reading the reports from different people and do yeah, what? We this this year yeah we actually had something to do for the first time in a long time since 2002 during that particular week but um had a great senior bowl week i think he may have even got defensive mvp in that game i don't remember i know he had a sack and a half in the actual game itself yeah. uh but but his measurables again a potential guy he's not a guy that has to step in tomorrow and, and be a starter on this football team but a guy that that is six five 260 range uh, speed edge rusher, great special teams guy, gets up high, blocks kicks. Um, and again, uh, he reminds me of uh, a Brian Burns, uh, a Josh Sweat, some of those long, lanky Florida State guys that that have that have been drafted. I think to be able to get him in the fifth round would be a great value. Uh, he would get some really good coaching here. And I think, but he's, you know, he doesn't have that. He's the opposite uh, of Joe Tryon in, in terms of being polished. He's not polished at all. He's very, very raw, but he does have a lot of potential. But then if I went Florida State to 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 appease people, I went with a Florida cornerback in Marco Wilson. Now, Marco Wilson was terrible last year. He was just absolutely dreadful. And I'm taking this guy in the seventh round. If he makes it on the practice squad, that's great. But he had a heck of a year in 2018. He led the Gators with with 10 pass breakups that year. I don't know um, what happened in, the, in his last two years, particularly last year? But that whole secondary was bad. Uh, they didn't get pressure on the quarterback. Todd, Todd Graf, Grantham was under a tremendous amount of pressure to be fired. Gator fans are still mad that he's the defensive coordinator. Um, it was just a bad year for the Gators defensively. So um, I don't know. They, they, unfortunately, Marco Wilson's best highlight last year was the shoe throwing incident at LSU. Hell of a pass, though. You know, I mean, it was, it was it pretty was. good with that throw. He, th- he threw it about thirty yards. That's not easy. You, to love, do it when, you love it when when the Gators just stub their toe and. <laughs> I don't know what up. you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about, Scott. No. Come on, come on, Mark. Come on now. No. Yes. I, I love it. It just makes my heart it. happy. I, I've yeah. told people this, and this is probably bad to say. I enjoy watching the Gators lose maybe even a little bit more than watching the Seminoles win. So anyway. Right. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, KU fired Les Miles yesterday. So and it's you happy. got great pleasure out of that. Oh, I great love pleasure. it. Anytime, yeah. anytime KU loses and their football program is just constantly in shambles. So it's just, you know. So you get uh, it, man. You you get my you get my hatred. Yes, uh, of course. Yeah, well, I, as you should, right? Like it, it's it's a rival, right? I mean, you shouldn't root for your rival, or or you know, be you know, be uh, a fan of, of anything. Right. They do. 
Like, a couple I, quick, quick things on Marco Wilson, um, yeah. a guy that, that can play outside and inside. And it, the one thing that's really impressive about him is his ability to blitz from the edge. Now, again, Todd Bowles doesn't send his cornerbacks very often, but he's, you know, he was very good at that at Florida. Um, right. Not, not a great man coverage guy. So that fix, you know, is, is a little bit questionable. He, he, he plays better in, in, in zone coverage, but, uh, but again, those are things that maybe he can be taught. Maybe that's just because of the scheme that they were playing up in Gainesville. But yeah. um, he's an athletic guy, six foot, one hundred ninety pounds. I, I think he runs really well. Um, just had a bad year last year, and again, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shoot the guy for one bad year because he 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 had a hell of a 2018 season for the Gators and wasn't terrible in 2019, but 2020 was really bad. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Craig. I don't have any K Staters in in my mock. Um, I, I don't do that. I, I'm not you like have, Mark. You have in the past. Yeah, I, I have, and I don't mind doing that when when I'm on the, when I get on the table for somebody when he's a good player, right? K State, our football program is like average right now at best. Didn't make a bowl game this year. Beat Oklahoma though. I let Gerald McCoy know about that. Didn't get a return text, but you know. No. Um, but but I will say this. Uh, you know, Wyatt Hubert uh, went to the Senior Bowl. I. Would not touch him here in Tampa Bay. I don't think he's a fit. Um, I like the guy. I, like I the wouldn't. Player. I wouldn't touch Marvin I'll Wilson. Clear. I mean, I, I wouldn't touch Marvin Wilson. He's a guy that could probably fit in here with the Buccaneers as a future, you know, nose tackle. Um, yeah. Once Dominican Sue leaves and and, and, cool and be rotational player. with, uh, but he's 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 not my guy. I mean, I just I didn't like his game this year. I didn't like his 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 starting the season and then and then not playing well at all and then opting out halfway through. Right. I'm not a fan of that at all. So I'm not always banging the table for Florida State guys, just if they're good fits. And and I'm going to give somebody a quick I, – I took a peek at somebody's mock for tomorrow. And yeah. uh, I'm just going to say I'm not the only person that takes a Florida State player. Just going to leave right. it at that. There's That's three right. more guys left to go with battle yeah. plans. I'm not That's the right. only guy that took a Florida State player. And you guys will have to read that tomorrow here's, uh, to here's see what thing. I'm talking about. Here's one thing I like that you did. You got Tryon and you got Robinson. So what you're doing is you're kind of hedging your bets a little bit there, right? You're flooding the position, right? As we've told Jason Light to do with with cornerbacks, you know, we we've that's the term we've come up with is flood the position. Sure. And and Jason has, and I see you do that here at outside linebacker with Tryon in the second round and Robinson in the fifth round. And the great thing is, is uh, between those two guys. And Anthony Nelson, who, you know, we're waiting, waiting, waiting to become a pass rusher. I don't think it's going to happen. He finally got a sack against, what, the Vikings this year. Right. Um, so, um, you know, you've got three young guys in the hopper, right? And then you got Cam Gill, who actually got a half sack in the Super Bowl yeah. as he's still learning to play at an NFL level. A uh, good special teams player, but we'll see what the future holds for him. But with these two guys – you could, if the Bucks hit on these guys, you could have the the eventual replacements for not just Jason Pierre-Paul, but also for Shaq Barrett. Even if yeah. Barrett refines a three or four year deal, Barrett's going to be twenty nine this year. He's no spring chicken. Shaq, uh, JPP's going to be thirty one. He's in the last year of his contract. I don't know that you do more than maybe add another year on right. if he plays well and stays healthy this year. Right. So kudos to you. I think that's that's really bold that you got. Not just one edge rusher, but two. And and really, let, let's look at the playoffs for the Buccaneers this year. Um, we can talk about Tom Brady all we want. Defense won that Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, you know they, they shut out Patrick Mahomes. They did it with pressure, and um, and that made me think when I was when I was doing this mock draft. You know that's going to be the key as long as Todd Bowles is here. Is is they're going to bring pressure from the edge? But again, if you don't have the horses, you you can't run the race, and they need the horses. And if if one of these two guys were to pan out, Tryon obviously. It would be more likely to pan out just based on his ability and his game film, but um, you never know, you know, how it's going to work. Pass rushers are, are, are one of the hardest ones to project on how they're going to be in the NFL, and it takes them a while. Some sons develop. Shaq Barrett was 27 years old when he got 19 mm -hmm. and a half sacks. Um, That's right. You know, some of these guys are late bloomers. So anyway, you got you got to you got to take a bunch of them and hope uh, one or two of them work right. out. So to answer Greg Cruz's question, nice job, Mark, but where's the D-line depth? Well, the reason is, is this is not a good defensive tackle no, class at all. No, it terrible. Just isn't. Like, it's, it's good but not great for edge rushers. I mean, there's there's a bunch of like decent, above average, borderline good edge rushers, but right. there's no you know Chase Youngs in this draft, right, where there's a surefire top five, right. top ten edge rusher. 
And and when it comes to defensive tackles, I mean, you're looking at Christian Barmore from Alabama being probably the only defensive tackle drafted in the first round. And you're going to see a bunch go in the second round that actually have third-round grades because there's literally a handful of defensive tackles. This is an awful year for that. So what Mark did was get Gerald McCoy, re-sign Adama Sue. Um, and, and then would you, you, you brought Nacho back or did you, you wave goodbye to Nacho? What'd you do? Yeah, I, I, I think, um, I think I did wave goodbye to Nacho. It's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm still tired from last night. So trying to remember, I can pull up my, pull up my list real quick, but, um, but But, but again, but but Nacho was also a guy that I said that, um, you know, I I would love to have the guy back, but I think, yeah, I I did let him go. I think there's going to be some teams that are going to pay him a little bit more than where the Buccaneers want to pay him. I, I think we saw this year. The ceiling for Nacho, right? He was given every opportunity to step in, and, and he was good. Don't get me wrong. Love Nacho. Love the guy. Uh, but he is what he is, and he's, he's nothing special that you want to commit long-term high money to, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. So um, so really, what you want to do, though, is, is you want to kind of roll the dice on some some older, more experienced defensive tackles like Sue and McCoy. Of course, you got to beat a Bay in there. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's really the centerpiece of that line. Um, you know, pun intended, he's the nose tackle, but, but really, uh, ramp up for one more Super Bowl push, try to get McCoy a ring and then worry about the future at defensive tackle later. And and maybe, maybe sixth round pick Khalil Davis, uh, ends up, you know, turning into a, a little bit more than he was last year. It was just, it was so rough for guys like him, Tyler Johnson without, a full training camp. It was a truncated training camp without the preseason to really kind of grow and develop. You know, it just was, it was tough for those young guys to really develop behind the scenes. It was really amazing that Tristan Wirfs and Antoine Winfield Jr. were, were hits right out of the gate for this team. Um, and, and boy, were they, they played a huge role in the Super Bowl. So, um, so that, 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 that's, that's a great job on your battle plan there, Mark. Um, you know, we we speaking of, of games, uh, we we got a new sponsor, uh, Symbol, which sponsors the Bucks Monday morning mailbag. It, you probably saw that if you read the, the the mailbag on Monday. So Symbol, what is Symbol? Well, Symbol is a stock market for sports that allows you to trade sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when your team wins. Symbol has blended sports in the stock market to offer you a new way to invest in and profit off your favorite teams. Use your sports knowledge to buy low, sell high, earn cash payouts when your team wins. Join the over 2,000 and growing early adopters who've started to invest in their favorite teams. The stock market for sports is just a tap away. Create a free account in seconds. Start profiting from your sports knowledge. Mark, I just deposited $100 today. I've, I've yet to make a trade, but it's a really interesting concept. And the, the share price for these Sim Bucks, which is the Tampa Bay team, is at $37 a share right now. So uh, find out more about this incredible company. They, they've got a fantastic website and app. Uh, go to symbol.app backslash Pewter Report. You're going to get a $10 deposit bonus when you sign up using the promo code Pewter Report. So go to that link or, or type in Pewter Report. And you're you're going to get $10 uh, when you make your initial deposit. It's a fantastic new way to to kind of play the stock market and fantasy sports all at the same time. I'm thinking about investing in, in, in the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm a believer in, in Joe Burrow. And the great thing about this is, is the franchise value fluctuates. So when you have a good draft, when you have a good free agency, the value of your, your team goes up. When you win games, the value goes up. When you lose players due to injury, when you lose games, the value goes down. So it's a game you can play week to week. You can play for an entire season, or you can invest in teams now and watch their value build a couple of years down the road and then really cash out and make some money. So simple. I wish I would have bought some Buccaneers stock last year at this time. I know, right? It would yes. be through the through the rip. It yeah. probably was was on symbol, it was probably five dollars a share. Now it's up to thirty-seven dollars. I mean, it'd be exactly. like a GameStop but, situation. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, exactly. Check it out. It's it's a really fun, uh, yeah. you know, approach to where that they've they've blended stock market and um, uh, stock market investing as well as fantasy sports. So uh, big news today: Levante David back, Chris Godwin, uh, given the franchise tag. Mark, uh, 
you know, they say free agency starts next week. It's already started for the Buccaneers. Yeah. Our website traffic at pewterreport.com is blowing up. Thank you all for uh, for visiting Pew Report and for watching the Pew Report podcast. I'm going to be on with John Ledyard tomorrow talking about John's Bucks battle plan, which will be on pewterreport.com first thing in the morning. So make sure that you stay tuned to our Twitter feed at Pew Report. And also make sure that you watch us at 4 o'clock every day throughout the offseason. Uh, again, John's going to be on tomorrow. We're going to have uh, Matt Matera on Thursday talking about his Bucks battle plan, a special Friday free agency preview edition of the Peter Report podcast at 4 o'clock on Friday. Taylor the Grizz Jenkins will be on talking about his Bucks battle plan. And, of course, we're going to have the latest free agency news as, as it becomes available. And we thank you guys for joining us here. So for Mark Hook, I'm Scott Reynolds, and we'd like to see you tomorrow on the next edition of the Peter Report podcast. Out.